0: Welcome to the Lit and Lucid Sesh, Smoke Sesh, are you ready to sesh, let's sesh.
1: Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast, we are here recording a sesh. We have special guests from the Mary Jane experience, they are actually podcasters themselves I don't think we've ever had podcasters on our show, uh, so when we met Strawberry Sequoia and Casey Jones, we were excited to, you know, join forces together and chat a little bit about being podcasters in the cannabis industry, as well as some fun giveaways and some other cool announcements that we both have going on right now. So as we finished our season eight, uh, we thought this would be a great time to have you guys on the show. What's up, Casey? What's up, Strawberry?
2: How do? (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, thank you
3: so much for having us. It's always so much fun to be on other podcasts. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, of course. And we are the Mary Jane Experience podcast. I am your co-host Casey Jones, alongside Strawberry Sequoia. Welcome to another episode. Today we actually have the Lit and Lucid podcast on with us. We're doing actually a podcast within a podcast. That's right, podcast inception tonight. Down with it. The... We have them on. We're chatting. We're chatting. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty
0: good. This is uh, this is something new. This is something fun with us. We already discovered that Casey Jones and I both have the same watch and the same bracelet. So. I mean, things are going well already. We're like, geez, guys, yeah. we have a lot more We're in like common. We're a nice
2: level of weird right out the gate. <laughs> Nothing assuming. weird
0: at all, right? <laughs> Wait, you know, you know where I live already, too? What? <laughs> you know my social security number?
1: Technically, they do know where we
0: <laughs> Oh, that's right. Man, I got to watch it. Jeez.
2: We'll have to start calling each We've other on Mondays. We've actually been
3: watching and... you, and there's a reason Casey Jones has the same watch and wrist attire. I was like, I want to
2: be like that guy. He's got a cool podcast. <laughs> right. Well, I was saying the same thing. But you so guys
3: have is... been podcasting for a bit longer than us, I believe, right? When did you start?
1: Yeah, so we started back in February of 2018. So we are about to hit our 100th episode. And I think you guys just hit your 50th, which congrats. Yeah. It is a long road. When did you guys get started?
3: About a year and a half ago.
2: Yeah, so our official start date was January 1st, 2019 um but we did a couple podcasts that previous fall because we just had this kind of random idea we're like hey we should start a podcast and so the the first few were were um exploratory to say the least (laughs) um and then we kind of we really hit our groove you know middle of last year so yeah it's been about about a year and a half now we've been been uh just exploring the cannabis world and and all that good jazz which actually makes me think of a question how did you guys get into cannabis podcasting of all things oh man
0: uh i mean the short answer is because gary vaynerchuk told us back in what was it like february of 2018 he was doing podcasts at the time i think he still is clearly the gary v experience or something and He was like, you need to start a podcast. And if you haven't started a podcast, then you're late. I told you to start a podcast. And so Lucy and I were both really into Gary Vee. And uh, we met up at a coffee shop one day. And we were like, well, Gary told us to start a podcast. Why don't we just start a podcast? And we came up with the name like right then and there. And I went home probably the next day and created a logo, sent it to Lucy. And I think the two of us were like, let's do it. And then it was like kind of like... I don't know. We were kind of like half in, kind of half out. But I think the two of us just kept kind of making steps forward to creating the podcast. And then it just kind of like came together. And we were like, this is it. I guess we're doing it. So I think our first few months were definitely just like you guys. And we didn't really know what to do. I mean, even our first guest, I mean, I went and I had a mic and showed up to Lucy's house. And we were like, who could we get on the show? And Lucy was like, I got to I got a friend, Hunter, I'll just text him and see if he wants to come on. And
2: we text him
0: and he was like, sure, I'll be at your house in like an hour or something. And we were like, well, okay, well, we're going to have our first podcast guest. And Hunter luckily was like a professional and made it easy, but we had no clue what we were doing. Absolutely no clue. And um, I mean, even today, I still don't think we really know what we're doing, but it's like, it's somewhat formal and somewhat fun. And we just keep creating
2: and moving forward. Yeah, no. That's the best part about podcasting is there is no formalization because it's such a young medium. We always talk about this, We're like, should we format it this way? And we're like, oh, that's right. There's no rules and nothing matters.
3: Experimental <laughs> medium. Yeah. yeah,
2: no, it's it's super fun for sure. We were kind of the same way. One of our first guests is actually a good friend of ours, um, Skippy, who runs Markaha. No, not right.
1: so we Oh, we actually, know. We love Skip.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Skips Skippy's the man. The man. Yeah. Skip's like my. Like guardian angel, godfather of the cannabis world.
1: We go to yeah, all of, that, of their yeah. um, table tennis. Do you guys go to table oh, yeah. tennis with them? <laughs> yes. It's so fun.
2: Yeah, the 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 do- he actually has it like I I I don't want to call it ordained. I I don't know what it's called, but his house is like the official dojo of table tennis. I can see that. (laughs) I can see that.
1: He's serious about it.
2: (laughs) That was fun. He is. He is no joke. But yeah, one of our first interviews, we just called him up and we're like, "Hey, man, can we interview you for our podcast?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, come up to the house. We'll like cook dinner and hang out and record a podcast." So we did. yeah, same thing. Luckily, he was like super professional and awesome, and he has great stories. He's lived like twenty different lives and yeah. stuff. He almost died a couple times. So. Oh man! Yeah, we we're like, this is golden content. <laughs> I know, right? Podcasting is easy. Yeah, I know. We're <laughs> the same we're way. We we still get people
0: on, and we're like, that was easy. Like we didn't have to do anything. They're just they, yeah. there's some people just like run with it. So grateful.
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely like. Rule of thumb for me is always to research the shit out of people so that I know, like, everything about their lives to a creepy extent, Um, but then get really loose as well and go with the flow, so it's a really nice balance of of both of those things, I would say.
1: Yeah, I I think we probably play, like, that same role, like, I'm always, like, researching beforehand, make sure I'm reading everybody's bios and, like, have all these facts written out, and, like, Jared just, like, comes here with, like, an empty piece of paper, and he's like, whatever, like,
0: like, we'll just let it flow. Like, five minutes before, I'm, like, (laughs) looking up the company and writing notes down, and I almost do it on purpose now because it creates a little bit more of like an organic conversation on my end that I can then like have them tell me about their experience and then hear it firsthand and then I can then posit a question and kind of poke around on my own without being led with an agenda or already knowing Mm. that they lean a certain way or they do a certain thing. So it's it's like, I don't know. There's definitely points of the other half where it's like I'm completely uneducated on this person and I wish I knew more. there's always nice little pieces where you can just like have a nice conversation and be like, well, tell me more about that. And then me being completely like innocent to the thing, it totally blows my mind to, to kind of learn something cool, I guess, on the show. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Speaking of learning cool things on the show, I mean, you guys have done a hundred episodes and we were just talking about doing 50 and how much we've learned and some of these like big important things that we never would have known. What are some of the coolest things that, Okay, you guys that come to mind that you've learned throughout
1: the process.
0: Jeez. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Loaded I think that's a tough question because everybody shares something unique. Like it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, what everybody's offering to the table. Um, at the end of our episodes, we always ask people, you know, what's some advice for young entrepreneurs entering to the industry? What would you offer them? And literally, if we go back, I think every single person has said something different and it's all relevant. And it all like makes us think like, oh yeah, like absolutely. So I think, you know, it's the whole thing Thing as a whole like there's not one thing that sticks out for me but it's just like this whole journey that we've been on together with all these guests that really just sticks out to me
0: yeah yeah I think one thing that really gets brought up in nearly every single one of our episodes is just that a lack of education and uh, it comes up in like every single episode that what do we need more of in the future education and what it's kind of crazy to think about is that we've touched on all these different areas and it's you know cannabis education in general something but then there's all these different areas within cannabis where we're still learning and poking around whether that be clearly like the main thing is the medicinal aspects of it and people are wanting um, peer-reviewed research and so we get occasionally we have PhDs on and uh, medical doctors on and speak on it but even then they say the same thing we need more access to research we need to still understand this more for ourselves we need more education for ourselves and then you go back to like a product facing company and the product facing company is saying the same thing. Well, we're trying all really hard to make our products in a certain way and make them the best thing ever. And then consumers are going out here and shopping based off of THC percentage. And that's completely the wrong way to shop. And so then they're on the other end of like, of course, you know, we need more research into PTSD and, and Alzheimer's and these things, but then we're still trying to get patient or consumers and patients to shop based on, you know, simple things like, Don't just go and buy the 33% THC product and think that that's what's going to be the best product for you. That, you know, look into terpenes and look into synergistic cannabinoids and CBG and CBD and all these other things. And it's just kind of crazy to think like where Lucy and I, the amount of knowledge we have and we're still like budding and learning stuff every single day and then thinking where the general consumer is at and there's just a massive gap.
3: Oh yeah. Definitely. It's, def- it's one of the most frustrating things for me is the lack of research and how, I mean, even in Canada where it's federally legal, it's legal across the board there, they still can't research in the way that they want to. And I'm constantly bringing this up because it pisses me off because we can yeah. research like heroin more easily than we can research this plant you can grow in the backyard. So it's a, you know, it's a huge frustration for me yeah. and that-
2: no, and then the, the backside of that frustration, I think you just touched on it, the, the gap of knowledge between <clears throat> even individuals like us, we've really only been doing this for like a year and a half. And given we've spent a lot of time in it, but you talk to general consumers and, you know, the questions that they ask, it's almost like you want to be like, oh, sweetheart, like, come this way. I will follow me. Let me tell you about cannabis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And you just kind of feel bad because it is such a wonderful, you know, it has such wonderful potential. But a lot of it's ignored exactly because of that, because of education. And and the information is ever changing and it will be for some time. And that's kind of a conversation we have. You know, we ask everybody on our podcast, we we ask for one, five, and ten year predictions. And the commonality of 10, I think, because it's really hard to predict 10 years out, right? They're like, well, in 10 years, hopefully there'll be more information. We'll actually like FDA and NIDA will like pull the (laughs) stick out of their ass. We'll be able to actually research this um but yeah that the education gap is is
3: this the, is why we podcast kind. this is why, <laughs> we, yeah, why we, we have a podcast
2: is, <laughs>
3: <but> <laughs> because it is like it's a weekly thing so you can update people be like wow last week like what i just learned today um so i've been doing these daily videos and i've been told forever as long as i fi- learned about the cannabinoid CBN that it's the one that puts you to sleep mm-hmm. and that gets me excited because you know we all occasionally at least have sleep problems, right? Well, apparently there's like one study that says CBN gets you to sleep. It's not very good. It was with like 15 uh, patients, I guess you would say.
2: So small dataset.
3: Yeah, and um, and they found that isolated, it really doesn't do anything. So yeah. it has to have THC, mm-hmm. and so CBN is like old weed, basically the terpenes that are activated might actually be more effective. Mm-hmm. So like I'm running around telling everyone CBN is this yeah. like wonderful thing for sleep. And I was basically just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know until today, you
0: know. know, I mean that's stuff that it's, it's happening. It's like happening as we speak. I mean, that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the push of like why we need more research so we can have more to base these things we talk about on. I think one of the big misnomers, and this is something that, Um, I mean, I had an incredible head start, so I'm not really like, I'm not somebody you should sit down and and model yourself and say in two years I can have all this cannabis knowledge because I, in 2015, I helped start the Institute of Cannabis Research. And so part of that was just going back and reading all the research that was available and basically just trying to compile it for my professor and the research associates. And there is an incredible amount out there already. Uh, Not very much of it was produced in the United States, but there's a lot out there. And one of the things that stuck with me from the start was that THC is a very much an active component of any type of medicinal aspects of the cannabis plant. And without THC, you are 100% missing a huge portion of any type of therapeutic benefit you're going to find. And that all just derives from um, what THC does in the sale and helps to open a lot of things up. The same thing with CBD. There's this massive push for CBD over the last two years and everybody and their mom and their dog and My grandparents are bugging me with CBD and all this stuff. Well, then all of them, they all drug test still. And so they can't have THC. And so it like to my freaking core pains me to recommend a CBD product if it does not contain THC, because I know that in, you know, in all aspects of it, it's pretty much a sham. It's a sham product. And um, it's just a really bad spot to be in because I totally understand where the consumers are at and they have to drug test. And there's the questions of, you know, I don't want to test hot. But the other portion of it of, you know, you know, what's one milligram of THC going to do to somebody when they're taking 20 milligrams of CBD? Probably nothing, but that one milligram of THC is going to make all the difference for that CBD to to activate it and help it kind of get where it needs to go in the brain and the body. And knowing yeah. that, that's one thing that really makes it hard for me to recommend products. And, um, yeah, you know, if that's one of the things that really is going to stick with me for a long time is just that there's a complete lack of just understanding the science and, You can't knock some of these people because there's all these different variables that come into play. Um, But at some point, I think the industry and people are going to have a come-to-Jesus moment and start realizing that we can't lie to consumers. And there's these things that we already know to be true that we're going to have to take into account and realize that uh, the synergistic effects, like you mentioned, terpenes and minor cannabinoids, major cannabinoids, they're all a part of it. And then if you're isolating your cannabinoids, um, you're going to be further away from any type of medicinal aspect. So, I mean, it's just like all these things that we're learning and they're fun. And basically, I feel like the market's expanded at an incredible rate. But then I see at some point that it's going to have to contract and kind of come back to its foundation.
3: Yeah, yeah. the CBD side has gotten so out of control. And I think even consumers see that they're like, wow, like, I have no idea what to do in the CBD world, but I know I want it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know I want it, but
3: I don't know how to get educated. You know, I mean you look at certain websites maybe they sell products maybe they sell isolate and they have a huge marketing budget and they tell you all the benefits of the isolate and um you know that's really hard we're with you we've been educating ourselves hardcore and i wouldn't take anything if it did not if it wasn't full spectrum um, yeah. didn't
2: and exactly. the entourage effects. And also if there On wasn't a certificate of analysis associated with it too. Mm-hmm. And, and it is kind of cool because we are such an infantile industry. I think that there is very real potential for the consumer to vote with their dollar to create what they want. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny, you know, one of the things that I've been tracking is uh cannabis stocks. Um I was yeah. actually a day trader for a while. And it's funny because that I think that come to Jesus moment has has happened, or maybe not fully happened, but is being realized in the form of like corporate cannabis and uh, people realizing that you you could toss millions and billions of dollars at this industry, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a quality product that has a like consumer base behind it that believe in your product, it doesn't matter. Yep. Like, yeah. There's, there's the cautionary tale of the till and the canopy growths and, and even the med of the world at this point are indif- indicative of the fact that people want quality product and people will vote with their dollar. And this is one of those industries where it's cool, cool to see it's actually happened. Yeah. Well, wow. I think part of that too. Yeah, we're, we're right on board with you.
0: Yeah. And I think one part of it that's really cool is the fact that cannabis is somewhat still underground and there's a stigma attached to it. And so a lot of folks, how they're learning about products is they're asking close friends and family. And so mm. when you understand that from a marketing perspective, essentially just word of mouth marketing is how a lot of these companies are growing and they're spreading. So you're totally right that like, if the product's not working for somebody, they're going to tell their friend, well, I didn't feel anything from that. I don't think it's working. And then yeah. if they do have a good moment, they're going to speak a lot to their friends and family saying, Hey, you know, you have arthritis, you should try this, you know, this pain salve I got, it really works well. And Next thing you know, you know, the whole block is on it. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it totally lends credit to what you're saying is that, yeah, if your product's not good, it's not going to last very long.
2: Yeah. My, one of my favorite quotes from Skip is actually, you know, he's like, we treat every single product we make, no matter recreational medical, we treat it like medicine because it is, if you're, and then we heard from another person, no matter how you're using cannabis, it's all medicinal, you know, because if you're using it recreationally, change your mind state, relax, what have you there's there's an aspect of medicine there so those companies that have that efficacy treating it like medicine i think will succeed and it'll be crazy interesting to watch (laughs) because it's it's always happening it's happening quickly but it's also happening very slow at the same time like the the national conversation about legalization is obviously on a halt due to covid um, but state to state, you know those conversations are still happening and then county to county and, and you know company to company, um, those those people that are in it and and have a level of, of, of efficacy and um, love for it, I believe, <clears throat> are moving quick. And then there's the federal government who's at a standstill right now. so yeah. right. It's a very COVID weird place. Is interesting
3: to be. <laughs> for so like the legalization is all halted right now, basically, but I've seen some predictions that because of the hit on the economy, cannabis could potentially be what saves our economy and might inspire, you know, our government to actually legalize faster. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think that would be a good
1: thing. (laughs) I think absolutely. I mean, especially since it's been deemed an essential business, I mean, you can't really argue with that. Um, yep. So I think yeah. it's going to definitely make these other states pay attention, and you know, see how much revenue is really coming in, and you know, maybe even at the minimum, you know, change 280e and make it a fair playing field for everybody you know, at minimum start there and see Mm -hmm. where that goes. But I mean, you also see states like Massachusetts who, you know, shut down recreational and just has medical. And I saw right now that they have like a huge uptake in their medical licenses. And it's like, well, it's because like these people, like you were saying before, like recreational and medicinally, it's the same thing. Like we're all using it as plant medicine. So I think a lot of people are going to start to take note. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can get your med card online right now during COVID. Yeah, I saw you guys were promoting that. I didn't know that's crazy. Is that in every state or where is that at? I would like never, ever go to the doctor's office
3: again for anything. Telemedicine is the shit, especially for getting your med card. I remember... I Was like, I, I was super nervous when I went to go get my med card in Colorado. I was like, I don't know if I'm like, if I really qualify and I have to spend the money, and then they're just gonna like judge me. No. That was completely unfounded, but I would have way rather have done it online, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's it's, it's always
2: one of those things like, what a time to be alive, you know, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. We were laughing that, and this is
0: gonna sound bad probably to some folks but it's like geez you know how easy was it to change all the regulations once covid happened for all these cannabis companies <laughs> and we had this op-ed come out of this from this gal in durango and she wrote that she had been fighting with the city for years to have like uh to change premises and have like delivery windows and stuff and they're like overnight then all of that stuff went away and like you could have yeah. uh, curbside pickup and drive-through windows and delivery and online Another ordering. thing I love, like, yeah.
3: curbside pickup. You don't even have to go inside. My lazy, like, inner <laughs> Emily is just loving <laughs> COVID. I know that's terrible to say. Like, this is a horrible time, and yeah. you know, a lot of people are are struggling. But lazy Emily is like, I don't have to leave the house. If I get weed, it's just curbside, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so it, but it, it's a good point you bring up because it, it it shows how frivolous. Yes. You know the the bureau- bureaucratic effort. To like hear arguments from both sides, it's like, yep. yeah, and when in a time of need, people are like, oh, we could just change that real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's like, just, fine. We could have done that in 2018, right? Right. No, that's exactly. And so then, and so in
0: my mind, the way I look at it, is like, well, it, you can't go back. And then all these yeah. other states are going to have to realize that, wow, you know, like the East Coast that they tried so hard to like mandate it, and even Massachusetts is playing hardball right right now by shutting down recreational. I mean, at some point, they're gonna have to turn around and be like, "We are trying way too hard to regulate this, and we're we're doing way too much, and it's probably mm-hmm. costing us more money to try to regulate it like we shouldn't than if we just let go and regulated it like alcohol and tobacco, and moved on." And I yeah. think Not that's kind of what, some
3: money for us.
0: Yeah, and I think that's hopefully, and I I'm gonna stand by that. I think that's what we're gonna see in the next five years or so as people kind of look at all this and they're like, "Well, I mean." Colorado did all these changes and allowed curbside pickup and home delivery and California has been doing it. And, you yep. know, and nobody died and nobody did anything crazy. And, <laughs> and you still know.
2: nobody's died from weed. Yeah. Still. It, so yeah. like however long we've been on this planet, you're running <laughs> batting a thousand. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Haven't killed a single one of us yet.
1: Yeah. Seriously. No, it's,
2: it's funny. Cause that is indicative of the war on drugs as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're just pounding our heads against the wall, spending taxpayer money. Yep to try and prevent people from having a naturally occurring plant with real palpable medicinal value. If, if it only be the same medicinal value that you could get from things like alcohol and cigarettes, right. Then, you know, why are we spending millions and billions of dollars to like fight, fight Nancy Reagan's war against the stoners, you know,
1: exactly. give it up,
2: dude. Like we learned about '60s, But like, let it go. We just um,
1: had an attorney on last night who was actually um, general counsel to Reagan in the 80s, and he said that basically the whole war on drugs and, like, her say no campaign was just because she was just bored and, like, didn't have anything else (laughs) to do and, like, needed a campaign to push forward, and, like, that was her thing, so everybody had to get behind it, so... It's all just kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah,
0: they like build libraries and start wars on drugs because they're bored. That's <laughs> yeah. like, that needs to stop. I'm
1: curious
3: to see, though, what's going to happen in the psychedelic community. I mean, yeah. Denver's decriminalized psilocybin yeah. and, and Oakland,
0: Oakland. Yeah. And Washington, D.C., just put it on. They got a measure change so they can collect signatures, I believe, for a ballot initiative this week. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Nice. We just
3: reached our one year anniversary of Decrim. For its yeah, psilocybin. on the fourth.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe it was a year. And then, Ooh, yeah.
3: like, speaking of Orgy. telemedicine, but you can now do psychedelic therapy via telemedicine in New York during COVID. <laughs> wow. That's crazy.
2: How cool! It's is like all sounds of
3: this? different. Sounds- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do it that way. I'd
2: give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Somebody's like, I'm
3: all about microdosing. About to microdose some mushrooms this weekend, probably, but. I don't know if I like psychedelic therapy, I feel like you have higher doses and you really like go soul searching.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like what Which if you like? I have done that, but never computer.
3: intentionally for like therapy purposes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, that's another interesting aspect, but who
0: knows?
2: So so to double back real quick, um, remind me of the name because I've already forgotten. Thanks, ADD. Uh, you started you have a in comment too. This is so weird, man. I'm telling you. <laughs>
1: Did we just become best, we become, best we become best friends?
2: We have to get bunk beds. So much room for activities. Uh, <laughs> That's
1: also Jared's favorite, favorite movie. movie.
2: <laughs> Hitting <Well>. them all. <laughs> no. Uh, t- Cut the show. <laughs> so Tell us Cut a little bit show, more guys. about the uh, Cannabis Institute that you started. How did that come about? And what, what, what went on there? It's a cool story.
0: Yeah, I don't talk about it at all. Um, so I'd love to. And it still comes up. It actually came up this week in conversation with the media not with me, but with uh, Dr. Sue Sisley. And so that's where it all began was with Dr. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sue Sisley. And um, so at the time I was helping the, I was actually starting up a different research lab in the psychology department at CSU Pueblo, Colorado State University Pueblo. And my professor said there, um, I know you're kind of wanting to, because at the time I was trying to research CBD for ADHD actually, and um, cannabis for that. And it was kind of the line of work we were doing in the psychology department was on, Uh, electroencephalology, studying autism and sensory processing disorders. So essentially studying the brain and kind of how it all works, the electrical signals, all that. And um, I was already seeing a lot of stuff come around saying CBD helps with, with uh, ADHD. And then um, obviously, so I had a good understanding of that. And so she told me, Hey, there's a, there's a gal coming to the school and her name's Sue Sicily, and she's a cannabis researcher. And they're trying to, to kind of move her research to CSU Pueblo. Why don't you go for a, See her talk, and so I went and watched her talk, and it was incredible. She gave this great presentation on cannabis and how it initially became illegal, and then kind of all. And then she kind of like unwrapped it from that point really elegantly, and then how she kind of got in touch with all these veterans who had PTSD, and how um, they were finding just naturally discovering cannabis, and they all were just like came and started pressuring her, saying, "Hey Sue, like you have to study this, you have to do something." you have to do it. And it became overwhelming for her as to, to where she realized, like, I have to study this because it's overwhelming the amount of people who come to me and say they find relief with PTSD. And so she was at the University of Arizona, I believe, and she tried to, she actually received funding. I actually want to say it came from the state of Colorado and um, she received funding and then Arizona fired her um, for trying to research cannabis, which is fitting um and so sounds
2: like an Arizona thing to do but it got her
3: so much press
0: it got her so much press and so then at the time what was happening was they were trying to find another place to land Sue Sisley so she can perform her research and so CSU Pueblo at the time it's a state university with uh, CSU Fort Collins and um, Mm -hmm. since Colorado had helped to try to fund Sue Sisley's research they were trying to bring it back in state saying maybe one of our state institutions could host it and so CSU Pueblo luckily was um, uh, progressive enough to embrace the idea and the leadership at the time opened up to it and said, yeah, we'd love to embrace Sue Sisley in the research. And, um, I'm not really sure what ever happened with Sue Sisley's research, but the Institute did get funded, did get founded. Um, I ended up switching from neuroscience and psychology to help start up this neuroscience department in biology. And it really became more of a multidisciplinary, um, research group we had, uh, we were paired up with, uh, the math department, we paired up with the physics department, I was representing psychology and math, and um, we had the biology department, and it really became this interdisciplinary research institute where they, we wrote some pilot studies in 2015, 2016 on PTSD to help get PTSD as a qualifying condition for medical marijuana, and that got approved in 2016, which was great. And then the state ended up awarding more funding to the institute in 2016, and um, it became basically, at that point, is when it became the Institute of Cannabis Research, and now it's uh, funded by the state. Um, There's also, I'm sure there are other areas of funding, but essentially it became only the second uh, federally funded institute in the United States to research cannabis. And I was kind of there to help write some of the initial pilot studies that were used to generate the funding, so... Uh, I got to do all the fun lay work of digging through all of the past publication and journals and trying to dig up all this different research that was out there. And at the time, I just learned that, you know, seeing what had happened in the academic community with research being stifled and research having to be funded with an agenda in mind and all these different red tape that was going on. um, Just at the academic level, I realized pretty quickly that I don't think my I'm not going to make a very big impact on the academic side just because there's so much red tape and so much work still needing to be done to facilitate that research that I thought I needed to go out and start advocating for the plant in general, basically pointing my finger back and saying, there's all this research has already been done and you need to be going and talking to universities and politicians to legalize it, to allow more research. And so that's kind of, I left the university, graduated and basically went into the industry, then understand the industry and turned it around now to where we're doing the podcast with you guys and trying to, to enlighten folks all across the U S and the globe to, you know, there's already a lot that's already there really is the gist yeah. I got.
2: Awesome.
3: Yeah. What a journey. Um, <laughs> yeah. We actually saw Sue down at South by Southwest last year and yeah. um, pretty much saw that, I guess that same talk. And She's, she's incredible. Ass,
2: so. Yeah. She, it's that was totally by That the presentation that she gives about, you know wh- how it became illegal and why we can't study it and those things and i mean yeah it's, i think if anybody could go crazy. like see that version of sue cicely's quote-unquote ted talk it, it would be eye opening to a lot of people maybe we should just send her to like the floor of the senate
0: <laughs> like real quick yeah <laughs> that's what i
2: always thought when I, after i saw that i was like well how
0: can anybody deny this i mean it's yeah. all right there and it's not even like who, who, what agenda does Sue have? You know, and that's where I immediately, I'll be honest with you. I was kind of a like anti-drug advocate because one of the original reasons I started studying psychology because I switched from wanting to be a doctor and studying biology. And I was that nerd that would just like nerd out in the lab every day and just sit in the lab, just like doing all my homework and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up switching pretty abruptly to study psychology um, because my brother developed a pretty serious heroin addiction. And uh, it really affected him and it affected my family and my personal life. And I was like, well, you know, drugs are bad. Drugs are really bad. I could really see how somebody can find drugs and really change their life really quickly. And uh, so even at the time when Sue Sisley came around, I was really anti-drugs in general. And then her talk really opened me up to cannabis. And I mean, now I smoke cannabis. I advocate for cannabis. Um, You know, it's kind of not to say that, you know, but I think my story you know, the reason it's powerful is because I wasn't just sitting around smoking cannabis from the time I was in high school. I mean, I have high school friends hit me up now and they're like, I cannot believe you're in the cannabis industry and you smoke cannabis. I would have never thought (laughs) that would be you.
3: Opposite for us. Our friends are like, makes sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then that's just how powerful Sue Sisley's presentation was with me and how incredible it was that it's even hard to unpack it all really. And I uh, go watch
2: it people. Check it out. Yeah, shout out to Sue Sicily. Go check that out. Yeah, we she actually
3: have a blog that. post about her presentation from South by Southwest in our no. blog with some videos of clips from her presentation. Oh, cool. But, yeah, no, it just it was it was impactful for us as it was, well. Yeah, it was
2: incredible. Did we have that in um, too? Anyway, enough about nerding out. Lucy, how did you get into cannabis? <laughs>
1: this? I mean, I don't even know if you guys need to hear my story after that whole thing. Um, I don't even know. Um, Um, You know what I do love, though, is
3: is your cannabis yoga.
1: Yeah, that's that's really how I got involved um, with the cannabis industry. I do cannabis yoga classes here in Denver. Um, So we do cannabis infused classes, either, you know, cannabis or CBD, just depending on, you know, who the sponsor is for the class. Um, But we really just try to utilize plant medicine intentionally where you're really like focusing in on, you know, what is the purpose for the plant medicine and what is it doing to help you in this present moment? And then we utilize that in our yoga practice, which also helps connect your mind and body. So the cannabis just is like, you know, a greater connection for that whole mind, body, spirit connection with our yoga. Um, So I was I have. A background with Saul David Ray, he's my teacher. I did a teacher training back in 2016, 2017, and then I also have a teacher training in Ganja Asana, which is cannabis yoga itself. There's a local teacher here, in Denver, uh, Rachel Cavier. And she teaches that. So yeah, we've been doing that for a couple of years. I kind of started how you guys did as a blog and more like, you know, educational lifestyle posts for people, just to get them really excited and educated about plant medicine. And now I just offer the yoga classes as well.
3: I loved my yoga experience with you. Like, just smoking with a group of people. And then, you know, you asked us all to feel, you know, how our body felt. Is it tingling throughout your body? And I was sitting there like, yes, it is. <laughs> and yeah. then we're doing tree pose. And she's like, just imagine like what type of tree you are. And I was like, I'm definitely a willow tree right now, <laughs> swaying in the wind. And I was like, a cannabis yoga, like it works. Yeah, it, it's, just, yeah. Like, it's such a different experience. And I feel like it's a more connected and uh, deeper cannabis and or yoga and, and even meditation experience yeah awesome. not to cheapen
2: it but it was hilarious because she talked about it for like a week <laughs>
3: that's
2: yeah great. and there's other things so during cannabis yoga you know with lucy from the Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> that's i was great. like that must have been awesome like i don't wish i'm down with it yeah.
1: yeah even
0: i like it i i agree with you emily it was like yeah. it was like connected it was like the first time i ever did it that's totally i don't know it was weird because i'm not big on yoga but the first time we did it we smoked and what was weird with me that created this huge connection was seeing everybody else come in a room and like, we all smoke together and then we're all like not yogis. We were probably more like mm-hmm. just cannabis consumers. And then everybody still tried so hard with the yoga and like focus on themselves. And I think just seeing that like really made me feel good that I was a, a part of like a good group that people it's like, we can come together and we can consume cannabis and maybe people would call us stoners, but it was like at the end of the day we're all still focused on like healing ourselves and, finding wellness and it was just a cool experience i think like 10 exactly. years ago you'd be like under the wraps like trying to be sly about yeah. it and worried the cops were going to show up and bust it down and
3: no my friends back east were like wait you're doing the first time i did ganja yoga was with rachel ganjasana yeah and i told my friends back east and they were like i so wish we could do that like what an experience and it was i mean there was a guy who had never done yoga before in there who by the end of it was crying
1: yeah. and like just oh, yeah.
3: like a grown man you know you don't see that all the time and um it was really touching so yeah one day we'll be able to well and actually what i love too about the virtual yoga is that our
1: friends out east can join right now. Ooh, yeah yeah i'm all about that um uh, i've been working remotely for 9 years and like uh, remote life is just like how i live my life so <laughs> I was like, "This is fine." Like, I saw that meme. It's like when you realize quarantine is just your daily lifestyle, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much."
2: No, so, yeah. that's
1: exactly how
3: we feel—is work from homers, and that's
2: uh. Yeah, we actually we moved into a cabin in Eldora, which is up the hill from Netherland. and we moved in on January fifth, and it was like blowing forty miles an hour. It's like three degrees outside, and we're oh, like, "All right, girl. I guess we're just not going to go outside for a week." And then that progressed throughout the winter, and then quarantine came, and was like, "How's quarantine?" Like we've been quarantined since January. <laughs> like we've just been inside. <laughs> like we've been stocking up on food and firewood and all kinds of shit.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. tell people because yeah, yeah, I well, don't really know kind of, kind of what you guys do. You guys, I know you have this van and you I don't I don't know what you guys do, but yeah, like the tell van. us about it. <laughs>
3: what do you do? Yeah. So well, the Canavan is a really fun thing to talk about. It gets people kind of excited because we converted a sprinter van into a mobile podcasting studio so it has podcasting and and 4k video capability Mm -hmm. and we're not we were going to launch june 5th but we're not really sure what the situation is going to be like so we might it might be more like july 1st Mm -hmm. but we're launching this mobile podcasting studio we're going to be traveling throughout the us and canada to share cannabis stories. Wow. We're gonna do little pop up events. We're gonna visit anyone from just like patients with a cool story to doctors to dispensaries to grows, and just make a shit ton of really fun educational content, yeah. while also doing what we love to do, which is you know the van life, the adventure, the outdoors, and um, you know sort of rock climbing and hiking and biking and all the all those sorts of things too in mm. combination with. Cannabis.
2: Yeah. So, no, it'll be super fun and, and we don't have a schedule. So it, it really is, you know, if, if we hear of something cool going on in like Whistler, British Columbia or whatever, you know, that's a three-day drive from pretty much anywhere or in Mexico City, who knows? So <laughs> we're excited you know, actually yeah. to
3: check out the East Coast because you know, we're here on Colorado in Colorado and we've done a lot in California and Vegas, get a lot of friends in Oregon. But like the scene in mass is so cool in Michigan. And it's just um, the East coast has really got some funky stuff going on. So we're excited to meet, to meet some friends out there as well. It's always fun to
2: travel on the ground that way too. Like, I know they call them flyover states, but if you drive through some of them, there's really cool spots and some cool Oklahoma, communities. Yeah, and and there, yeah like there. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's, like, Oklahoma's the next Colorado. Yeah. We're like, All right, I might as well go that's to Oklahoma. That's what people are saying. And, <laughs> like, I can be okay with that. <laughs> oh, um,
3: that was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, Yeah,
3: that's one of our goals. And then, you know, we're just consistently putting out podcasts and other content We're doing virtual events as well, and that's been really fun. Our trivia night, which you guys won all the prizes in last time. How's your magical butter machine?
1: (laughs) Well, we haven't opened it yet, but (laughs) we have great plans. We ironically bought these little, um, like, weed shaped, I think they're for like chocolates like a mold at bet, where,
0: yeah, where, Bath and Bed Beyond. Bath and & Beyond
1: and we're like, we don't, what are we going to do with this? But we <laughs> just like, bought it. we got to buy them, yeah. And that was months ago and we have like zero purpose for it. So we're like, okay, we're going to make magical butter chocolates or something or gummies. Yeah, yeah. I expect to see some tutorials. Yeah. We down, guys. We're going to take some photos. We're going to make it a thing. But yeah, nice. we're excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember just like hanging out. what is that like on a Friday? And Lucy was like, uh, we got to win this trivia. We got to play trivia tonight. There's a magic butter. And I had like no clue about it. I was like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Forgot about it. Like Friday night's done. And like, we're hanging out on the couch and just like smoke a joint and hanging out there. And Lucy pops open her computer and starts to trivia. And she's like, all right, trivia's on. We got to win this. And I'm like, oh, whoa, we're doing this. Okay. And then
1: Jerry gets like all competitive Actually, and trivia. all And then serious. I was all
0: into it. I was like, this is fun. This is good. And
3: then you were like, I'm going to fucking win. We're going
0: to win. <laughs> we and won the first did. one. And I was like,
2: this is... Yeah, we're
0: gonna sweep it. We're gonna do it. Oh, we love about yeah. the
2: magical butter machine because we've given away like four or five of them now, <laughs> and we have never actually owned one ourselves. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh! That's how I feel like we are with giveaway stuff. Usually we're like, "Oh, I wonder what
0: that's like."
3: <laughs> I know, right? Like, why are we giving it away? Why I why want it. Away. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Speaking of giveaways, aren't you guys doing one coming up? Oh yeah, we are. We're running a giveaway this week. This is like one of our first giveaways. We haven't really done that many giveaways, I don't think. Um, but what we're doing. it's it's called the Boveda challenge so if you don't know what Boveda is definitely check them out they're humidity packs that you can put in your cannabis so especially right now as people are stocking up and buying you know more weed maybe than usual it's important to understand like how to store your cannabis you know we put them just in like regular jars and they might get dry pretty quickly but these little packs will keep them you know humidity controlled and keep them pretty fresh for a long duration of time um, so what Boveda is offering is for you to do the Boveda challenge, essentially. So they offer you two C-Vault containers, which are like like sealed, really sealed containers. These
0: like aluminum or like metal canisters that seal and there's like three different clamps that clamp it all down and pretty cool. They're Little legit.
1: Yeah. And then what you would do is you'll put a Boveda in one and then not a Boveda in the other and see after two weeks, you know, if it really kept your cannabis fresh. And it does. Mm-hmm. It definitely mm-hmm. does. It stays pretty moist. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I, it's just kind of a fun thing, especially right now while everybody's kind of in quarantine. And, you know, you might have a lot more weeds sitting around. You know, check out the Boveda Challenge. You can win one through our Instagram by following Lit and Lucid on there. And the rules are there. So, yeah. Check it out. You have until the end of the week to register. And there's not that many people who's registered yet. So, you might have a pretty good chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Get out Did of get it get in there. was in Colorado. It's this is the one time to finally win one of these things. Yeah, you yeah. guys might win. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> right? <I'm too> good.
3: <laughs> um, we're actually doing a little mini giveaway. It's not as exciting, but our, it's our 50th episode coming up on Thursday. So
1: we're giving exciting. out some
3: Mary Jane experience swag so you can look sexy on the streets. <laughs> i haven't worked out my tagline yet
2: so. <laughs> no, that was all right i was but like where that is this was, that going was pretty good
3: okay. <laughs> so I was no i saw American your tank tops for. are so cute thank yeah. you yeah. yeah no i mean like we have a uh, tank tops and t-shirts in men's and women's even though the image is a women's so cool uh, yeah so sign up for that sign up for all the giveaways because we're in quarantine and free stuff is fun in quarantine yeah
2: Yeah. it's like christmas every day when you get something in quarantine you something from the outside world
1: um
2: so we're running close to an hour here i know
1: we've just been chatting for like ever i could talk about weed i was gonna say we
2: could do this literally for the next four or five hours we'll have to
1: actually like hang out it seems like all of us before you guys go on van life or something we'll have to Hang out. I know. I I hope we can
3: hang out before we leave. Like I have no idea when we're gonna be allowed to so we leave like forever
1: or like will you come back to Colorado or like where's home base for you guys?
3: Hard to say. We've committed to six months of Canavan adventures. 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 And um, <laughs> after six months, we're going to make a decision if we want to stay on the road, if we are, like, really enjoying it, or if we yeah. got to get the fuck out of the van and settle back down. So we're keeping it loosey-goosey.
2: Yeah, no, I think one of the coolest parts about this trip, again, is is the open-ended nature of it. Um, so, like, we want to go to Chicago. We want to go to Detroit. They got scenes, you know, just to see what's out there. And, and if something comes up and it's like, hey, we should hang out here for a couple months, you know, we'll do that or
3: ferry to israel where they yeah. are doing Ooh. research <laughs> there you
2: that go would it. be amazing could do it i bet you we could find like a portage on like a container ship yeah. <laughs> go to Israel. that would be awesome
3: well mm. uh let us know if you want us to do that
2: <laughs> so this is gonna so you guys better follow you can donate the to the israel trip at www. <laughs> at www. right then <laughs> us us uh, five
3: dollars if enough of you do it we might be able to afford that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah we gotta buy a cargo container oh,
3: that's right <laughs> Well, um, cool. well, this
2: is been fun, okay, well, yeah, guys. While well, well, we got you, because we do ask everybody this question, what are your guys's, after 100 episodes of podcasting, again, congratulations, knowing what a monumental task that is. That's awesome. So congrats. Here, here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what are your guys's one, five, and 10-year predictions for the cannabis industry? As you see it, this could be anything. It could be like Tommy Chung's going to get elected in 10 years. <laughs> um, oh, <clears throat> but it's yeah, impossible. have at. I'm always, always so curious how people see the world. Oh, man. You want to take a stab at it, Lucy?
1: I don't know. So I think one year it's probably going to be about the same status quo. I mean, especially since we've got COVID going on right now, I don't foresee a bunch of like whirlwind changes, you know, happening suddenly. I mean, I could be wrong, but I would think we're probably going to be riding it out pretty much the same old same over the next year. I think hopefully five years is going to be our big change. You know, I see maybe federal legalization down the line, and then you know, ten years, like you know, we might be living in this great world of you know, weed and psychedelics and who knows what else. But we'll just have to see, I guess. What
0: do you yeah, think? no, I think that's that's kind of us. what I would say too. I think I don't know. A year would have been different if you asked me something two months earlier than with COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like totally thrown a wrench in things. So. Yeah, I think in a year, I think we're gonna see, I think we're gonna see a lot of people really angry at poll time in November, um, because there's already ballot initiatives being pulled. So I think there's gonna be a lot of heat and a lot of pressure placed on cannabis, mainly too because we have a presidential election coming up and it's basically been a non-issue in the presidential candidacy so far, um, and so I think that's gonna put a lot more heat into legalization. But I don't think we're gonna see a change in one year. I do think, like Lucy said, I think in five years we're gonna see this kind of all come around and hopefully at that point have 75% of the states legalized in some form. That'd be my goal. And then 10 years, I mean, cannabis will be a thing in 10 years. I think in 10 years we'll probably be like cannabis is like every day. It's just what you consume. It's like, you know, going to the liquor store on a Friday night and you're picking up a 12 pack or something. I think it's going to be the same thing of like, Oh, we're having to get together with the family. Can you stop by and grab a joint or something? And, you know, your grandma needs some new paint salve, Can you pick something up? I think that's 10 years for cannabis. And then I think we're going to be in the midst of, yeah, I think a psychedelic revolution. I think a mental health revolution. And I think a lot of these things will be coming around. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm curious. <laughs> what about you guys? Again, people <laughs> from the ask experts. <laughs> I want to know from the experts, like what is really going to happen in one, five, <laughs> and 10 years? <laughs> top um, secret oh, <laughs> Dang, we have to wait Broke my crystal ball
3: i collect yours i don't share
0: mine
3: like that's that's all very you know i would love to see legalization happen faster due to the economy after COVID. i'm feeling mm-hmm. like like that i'm holding on to that as a little optimistic piece of stardust um i think that Put Could that be cool. Yeah, like, that. yeah. We'll manifest we it. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows, but I do think in, in five to 10 years we'll have federal legalization and then definitely in 10 years, I think the stigma will be killed. Hopefully a lot more education and research is dialed in and I would love to see, you know, hospitals and medical professionals be able to seriously diagnose things in a way where they can look at your medical history and they can prick your finger and, you know, get your genetics and be like, oh, the, this is like what works for you. Yeah. Um, I
2: so like I, I don't know. I think there I could like be that.
3: so many interesting things in the long run. But yeah, in the short term, it's super hard to say.
2: Yeah. I. So I, I keep saying this out loud. Again, I'm just going to manifest this to the world. If you're living in a state that is primarily agrarian and you had economic hardship pre-COVID and now you are detrimented, by the experience of quarantine and and, and a halt on the economy, introducing a highly taxable recreational substance that is, I I think the national approval rating is like 76% of people are like, yeah, we can go ahead and do that. Um, Those states could benefit so heavily from the introduction of legal cannabis taxed and done the right way. Washington, Colorado, California, not so much are, uh, Oregon or petri dishes of how it can be done well, and and you know, um, I think, I hope that in a year, those states will take notice, and at least an accountant or somebody in say Alabama who really likes getting high, probably just be like, hey, real quick, I got an idea, billions <laughs> of dollars, we could fix the roads, and like you will get elected for the next four terms, like yeah, hear me out, exactly, it's a plant. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to keep putting that in the world. I hope that's the case. Um, five years, I agree. So the cool thing, as you mentioned, this year is an election year in five years, we'll be on to the next administration Mm. after the next administration. Right. So I feel like at that point, you know, this candidacy, this election cycle, it's not an issue just because of everything else that's going on and the party to combat the current president, picked all uncle joe of all people so he's not right. going to touch it with a 10-foot pole but the the <laughs> next election cycle i think that has to be brought up at some point right because then we're on yeah. to the Absolutely. next administration and, and even if it is the same you know bag
3: de- and turd sandwich yeah if it's the yeah. same yeah. bag
2: yeah. and turd sandwich <laughs> situation like i think it, at some point it has to be a part of the conversation yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> um, so five years from now i agree i think i think federal legalization very much will be on the table as a result of the election cycle and then 10 years in anybody's guess is, is your guess. Um, I'm gonna go the other route. I know a lot of people are hoping for the lack of stigmatization, but the existing stigmatization that we see even today, like I don't know that a decade's gonna change that. I really mm-hmm. think it's gonna take like our children to be the the people that <clears throat> are fully and open to the idea of you know psychological. You could have a ten-year-old by things. then. It's
3: true <laughs> um, but I,
2: I read something interesting lately and it was talking about how like in the 40s and 50s you know people 40 50 80s 60s you know people in the past have always worried so much about taking care of their body as like the machine mm-hmm. and nobody's really thought about taking care of your brain yep. as like the brains of the operation and i think you're right a shift towards you know a mental health movement um, I think in 10 years, mental health is, is going to have such a great impact on everything that we've diagnosed wrongly or slightly wrongly over the years that, you know, cannabis is going to be a real part of that conversation. So I can get behind that. The mental health room pollution. We'll yeah. call it. I'm down with it. Yeah. So I love it. I think it's that pretty- was long winded. That was I guess I we'll have a lot of time to think about that. This guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> don't you hate it? Like Jared and I always say, like after our podcast, like well, nobody ever asks us questions, really. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? Yeah,
1: <clears throat> feels so good to talk. <laughs> I finally get to say what I'm thinking.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> cough I'm just out just the cobwebs. Talk a lot. Yeah, we. I, 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 I'm a motor mouth. I got to get the gift gab um anyway cool. all
1: right you guys well yeah, thanks guys. That for your session awesome. with us it was so nice talking yeah, with you guys so
0: this was fun yeah we'll yeah. have to do it again in 50 episodes
1: yeah and see what oh, what happens yeah. with your guys's adventure that's so exciting yeah, we'll be following sure. and watching and yeah thanks. we wish you guys yeah. the best of luck and if you need anything you know where to find us same Appreciate same you. We'll
3: We'll be knocking down your door as soon as this virus shit is over. So look out.
2: do. We keep opening it, waiting for people to come over. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're (laughs) in-house (laughs) arrest. Excellent. Cool. Thank you guys so much. This is awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Have a great evening, week, month, year, life.
2: Yeah. Be safe. Sounds good. Yeah,
1: safe. All right, you guys. With that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it.
2: Laters.